The scripture reading this morning will be out of Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And I truly believe that that's one of the reasons that I am here today and not out there doing something stupid right now. Because my mom was there praying for me. I believe that. So, happy Mother's Day, Mom. The rest of you too, but mostly my mom. (laughs) Mostly her. And Mimi. Mimi too. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. Let's read this together. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She arises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff. Her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. As a a boy growing up, I wasn't a fighter because I wasn't big enough or mean enough to be. I was typically the smallest kid in my class. I played ball, whether it was a court, a field, whatever. I I was the smallest one out there. But one of my better friends was the biggest. And so that made it okay. I didn't have to do, I didn't have to fight much. Um, But one thing that would want to make me fight as a young little wormy runt was somebody to talk about my mama. That'd make me mad. And it'd be, make me willing to take a tail whipping to defend her honor. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we want to honor our mothers, but we also want to instruct mothers today. What does the Bible say about mothers? Okay, what's the Bible say about mothers with Proverbs 31 being an exception? What what do Scripture say about mothers? Think about that for a moment. What do the Scriptures teach us about mothers? Exodus 
chapter 20, verse 12, we're told, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Anything else come to mind? As I'm contemplating this, I, I thought about Jesus when he's on the cross. Do you remember he's on the cross? John gives us this account in John 19. He's on the cross, suffering, but yet he thinks about his mother. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which was John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. What's Jesus doing? Doing what Jesus would do, right? He's taking care of his mama, even in his last hours. And then we go to this, we think about the Proverbs. Proverbs teach us much about our mothers. Proverbs 6.20, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teachings. Proverbs chapter 1, the beginning chapter, real important. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And then, of course, we have Proverbs 31. You think, well, I thought Proverbs 31 was about the wife. And it is, but it's also about the mother. As, we'll, as, as, as Morgan read the text, you could see there's a lot of things dealing with motherhood as well. Well, who's the author of this proverb? And most would say Solomon. Well, didn't Solomon write all the proverbs? Well, he wrote many of them, um, but this book of proverbs was created, compiled by Solomon and a few other authors. But Proverbs does provide us a, a sample of the kind of wisdom that we expect from Solomon. But the last two chapters, chapter 30 was written by Agur and chapter 31 by King Lemuel. Now, King Lemuel is not known to us. Who is that? Some would say that's probably Solomon. It's just a different name. Well, probably not. But these words he pens, but the words King Lemuel pens is actually his mother's words to him. And in leading up to verse 10, the first few verses, the mother of the king tells the king to beware of women. They can destroy a king. See, a king is in a position to serve people, not serve himself. And she tells her son to maintain sobriety. Don't be given to strong wine because drunkenness would impair his judgment in defending the needy. So, Watch out for women. Watch out for drunkenness. She gives him this counsel and then gives him advice concerning this next topic. And this next topic she can speak a lot about because she is a woman. She is a woman and understands women. And so verses 10 through 31 is a Hebrew acrostic poem, which means... Each verse begins with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if we're doing this with our, our Roman alphabet, starting with A, we might say an awesome wife. And then the next letter, a beautiful lady. A compassionate woman. The next letter, D, a diligent homemaker. That's what acrostic is. And so that's what we have here, verses 10 through 31. And so this mother of the king uh, tells him 
that a good wife is better than any treasure he might attain. Verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. Now we can give our sons everything they need to be successful in life. And as a mother, if you're a good mother, you've wanted to do that and you've sought to do that. We can hire tutors for them when they need it um, to catch up in math. We can stay up late helping them with homework. We can pay his tuition to a, the best private schools and then the best universities. We can set, up, set him up in business uh, where he can make a good living. But if we don't help him know what a good woman looks like, choosing a bad one can do what? Can ruin everything you've done leading up to those years. A bad wife is like a scar that won't go away. Tommy Nelson, he says, having a wife with bad character is like going to Disney World with an abscessed tooth. It just takes the joy out of life and it sours everything. And some of you are thinking, boy, isn't that the truth? A great wife who can find. And then we see that in verse 10. And then in verse 29 tells us that many have done this well. They have found good wives. So who can find? It's not like, it's not like the, the, the king's mother is saying, they're, they're, you can't find a good wife. You can't find an excellent wife. That's not what he's saying. His, her point is that they are, they are not dime a dozen, but they are priceless. And they're worth a bunch. They're worth a great deal. Finding a, a good wife who's going to be a good mother is precious. So what she's going to do in the rest of this chapter is teach her son, the king, what an excellent wife will look like. Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, many of us, we read that, many men in this Sanctuary, we read that, we hear that verse. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And we're shaking our heads and we're in agreement. Man, that is, that is true. There's nothing like having a good wife. Brother Ronald says about Miss Cindy, there's nothing like it. He's pointing out, he's pointing going, that's right, that's right. I can say I've got a wonderful wife who is faithful and devoted and a good mother. And I am blessed uh, beyond measure because of my bride. Proverbs 19, 14. <clears throat> House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife, a wise wife, is from the Lord. And so what we're going to see in this, these next verses is, is really a standard. It's a standard. Now, it's not a list of qualifications like you might read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the qualifications for an elder. You read the qualifications. You must be this, you must be this, you must be that. Well, if you don't measure up, if you don't qualify, guess what? In the Lord's eyes, you can't pastor, you can't shepherd. In fact, I have my mentor who taught me many things, a man I love um, very much. He, he rebelled against the Lord. And he disqualified himself from ministry. And so he asked me, uh, after um, we have conversation about his life and what's been going on, and he says he wanted to pastor again. He said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I turned to 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I read that passage for him, and I had to tell him, you're not qualified. 
You don't have a good reputation with outsiders, right? Well, this list is not that kind of list. It's not a list of qualifications. It is a standard. For example, it's not something where I've asked all the mamas to stand up and we all stand up, all the mothers stand up in the room. You don't have to. I'm saying, what if? What if we had all the mothers stand up and then Morgan comes back up and he reads the teaching text, verses 10 through 31. He reads that text, and then as, as you hear something that you can't emulate, you sit down. You know, and as, we, as he's reading through the text, people start sitting down, right? Mamas are sitting down. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's not me. And they sit down, they sit down. And then we have like the last woman standing, right? It's not that kind of list. This is a really high standard, but it's not a qualification, but, but it, is, it is a high standard. The excellent wife, the excellent mother. And I will say before we begin, no one measures up. No one reaches the standard. No one can attain the standard. So four things from this passage. There's many things as we read through this text we could point out, but four things I'll point out this morning. Number one, an excellent wife is trustworthy. Those first few verses there. Verse 11 says, The heart of our husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. He marries this woman, and he has no regrets. She's not a liability. He can trust her. And it's interesting in that throughout the scriptures, we're taught to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord. Increase our faith, trust the Lord. But you know, we're not told to trust other people, are we? Only here. Are we told to, that we can trust someone? It's a, a husband who trusts his excellent wife. And like I said, many of us can relate here. You know your wife is trustworthy. You have no doubt as her devotion to you as her husband. And there may be some who's thinking, I can't really say that. I don't feel that way. I don't trust my wife wholeheartedly. Or maybe I don't trust my husband wholeheartedly. And that's, the, that's difficult and that's painful. But, but our relationships with our spouses, they're not static, are they? No, our relationships with our, with our husbands and our wives, they grow. That's the wonderful thing about being in Christ is we, 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 we can grow in our relationship with our spouses and, and one that maybe is not so um, trusting can grow into a, a sweeter, trusting relationship. It can get better because the Lord, what he likes to do, he, he, he loves to give life where there's death. He loves to give joy where there's sorrow. So if you're not in a good place right now, draw near to the Lord. Seek his face and see what the Lord does in your marriage. Verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Can you say that, husband? Wife, can you say that? Did you do your husband good? Think about it. Can a woman do a man evil? You bet. You bet. Having a trustworthy spouse is worth a ton. Second thing we see from our text is the excellent wife is hardworking and an industrious mother. 
And we see this all throughout the text. Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Verse 15, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Verse 19, she puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. A lot of, lot of sewing imagery here. Why is that? Because then you made everything by hand, right? She's very diligent. She's very hardworking. Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And maybe you're, you're here, and even as I'm talking about mothers and giving you an opportunity to think about and say something about your mother, honor your mother, maybe as you're sitting there and you say, man, I didn't have this type of mother, a Proverbs 31 mother. Many, many, some of us did, right? I had a wonderful mother, a mother that I'm, I'm proud of, a mother that sacrificed for me, a mother who taught me many, many things. I'll share some of those in just a moment. But my mother, one thing about my mother is outside our family, I never heard her say an ill word about anybody. And then when she had to say something negative, it was almost like she apologized before she said it. Now, she would get on to us and tell us what she thought about us, and we needed it, right? But maybe for, for some of you, you say, man, I don't have, I didn't have that kind of mother. I didn't have that kind of example for me. And, and for some of you, that, that's true. And what you've learned about being a godly wife and a godly mother, you learned from someone else because your mother didn't love the Lord. And that's true for some of us, unfortunately. But it's wonderful to have older sisters in the Lord to be good examples for us. I think about my grandmother, my paternal grandmother. We, we would finish church here on Sunday mornings, and every Sunday we went to their house, and 19 grandkids, and not all of them were there every Sunday, but, but oftentimes they were, and they had a room, and it was just a table with, with, um, with benches down the side, and that's where the kids, it was the kids' room, and that's where we ate. But my grandmother would cook the main dish for that meal every week, week in and week out, every Sunday. And then my mother and my aunts would bring, would bring sides or a dessert. But she was, she was hardworking. She was industrious. She, she wasn't lazy. She got after it. She didn't mind working. Verse 13, she was, she's a homemaker. She was a willing worker. She didn't complain. She had a work ethic. I saw in the headlines, I don't watch the news, but it, almost every day I try to peruse the headlines, the major headlines in the newspapers and whatnot, and just and, and keep up with what's going on in the world. And I read that the birth rates fell for the sixth consecutive year in the United States to the lowest level since 1979. And I got to thinking about that. You know, children oftentimes, unfortunately, they're seen as burdens in our culture. They're not celebrated. They're seen as burdens. In fact, the, we're, we're changing over our internet and we had an installer here this week and working on that for us. And so just asking questions, asking about his family, if he was married, if he had children. He said, yeah, I'm married, but, but we don't want kids. They're like, you don't want any children? He goes, no, 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 no. He said, I've got a niece, and man, that's enough. 
I can play with her and send her home. And this guy's mid-20s, you know. Yeah, he sees children as a liability. They're too much trouble. They're a burden. But the excellent wife, she doesn't view children that way. Yeah, it's work, of course. You don't have children thinking they're not, it's not going to be work, but she sees it as a, a blessing, a way to honor the Lord, to serve her family. Verse 15, she's up early and stays. Uh, she's up early. She rises early and she stays up late. Yeah, she's diligent. Um, after hearing this text being taught, an older man says to his bride, they've been married many years, when are you going to start rising early and fix me some pancakes? And the wife responded, when are you going to find me a few of those maidens to help me? <laughs> Look at verse 16. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. She's an entrepreneur. She uses her own money and buys the field. And that's kind of interesting. Seems like her husband trusts her to get things done. Right? And I think the picture here is not of a wife. Okay, a wife has her separate bank account and husbands have a, a separate bank account. We do marriage counseling before someone gets married. That's, that's a no-no. In fact, if you do that, I won't, I won't do your wedding. I think that's not a good way to start your marriage off. I don't think that's the picture here. She's got her money. She's doing what she wants to, to with it. He has his. He does what he wants to with it. I don't think that's the case. In fact, an excellent wife, before she makes a big purchase, she should talk to her husband, and the husband should do likewise. I think that's probably what happens in a good marriage. But her hands are industrious. She is hard working. She's not afraid, verse 21, of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. It's kind of interesting. What's that mean? Why scarlet? Why red? I'm not real sure. But her children are taken care of, and she is prepared for any and everything that comes her way. And in an interesting mother's, today's Mother's Day, and we'll thank our mothers, and even if you're not very affectionate, we don't really express things in words. Maybe you get gifts instead. But most of us today will hug our mamas if, if we're able and, and, or call them and tell them we love them and appreciate them and, and thankful for them. But mothers are taken for granted more than anybody else, I think. Taken for granted. A mama just speaks up, right? Um, but yeah, they, they take good, such good care of their kids and they're not thanked until, until the kids are older, right? It takes a while for kids to really see and understand. Maybe takes you having kids yourself. Like, Man, mama, how'd you do it? How did you do it? You did this and this and this and this and this, right? I don't know how, I don't know how you did it. Miss Mary, 10 kids and seven kids. Like, man, how did you cook, you know, three meals a day? There's no Hot Pockets. You know, there's no ramen noodles. Uh, what did we do? Yeah, they just worked hard what they did, right? Verse 22, she makes bed coverings for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. And I don't think the coverings there is, is clothing much as it is like home decor, right? She makes her home comfortable. She makes her home livable and warm and inviting. And I, I tell people this a lot. I talk to men, uh, young men, and they're thinking about getting married. I said, well, hey, what's her house look like? You know, are you like, uh, is like having a clean house important to you? Because it's real important to me. I'm like, you should look at her house. If she lives in a dump now, guess what? When your nasty tail moves in there, it's really going to be messy. Right? 
So if that's important to you, you need to, you need to take pause. Thirdly, an excellent wife brings honor to her husband. Verse 23. Yeah, she makes him look good. Her husband is known in the gates. That's where they took care of business, the city gates. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Yeah, a man, you know, he can be eliminated by the behavior of his wife. But an excellent wife doesn't hinder him, not only in business, but being used by the Lord. She didn't discredit him as an honest man worthy to do business with. Instead, she enhances his reputation. And I was thinking about that, and I know of a, uh, a woman who was arrested because she was embezzling money and she was put on trial convicted and incarcerated and thinking about that and I thought about the family you know it was just something about me thinking about that and you know that woman and those those things happen often and it's terrible you think about the family and but I got to thinking I was like well did she did she do that? Did anybody else know? Like this thing's been going on for years. Did anybody know about that? And then in my mind, I'm thinking, her husband, did he know? You see how that, that happens? You have someone, a spouse does something terrible, illegal, immoral, and we get thinking, man, did the spouse know about that? It's real easy to discredit somebody, isn't it? Even if he didn't do anything wrong, he never knew about it. There's still, there's this cloud of doubt hanging over. But an excellent wife doesn't do that. She makes her husband, she enhances his reputation. She blesses him. Verse 25, strength and dignity are, are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She, has her, she get, has her house together. When she thinks about the future, she's happy. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She's, good, she's a good teacher. I, I'm thinking about, I think about my mom. I was in college before I left for for school, my mom taught me balance the checkbook, iron clothes, wash clothes, all those domestic things that she took care of. But she had me kind of ready to go, and I went to college. And I remember we had this social gathering, this formal gathering with a bunch of my buddies, and and uh, they didn't know how to iron. And so I had the ironing board out there. I don't even think it was an ironing board. I can't remember what it was. It was a piece of something. And we put a towel on it, and we put our clothes on it, and we and just did ironing. So they, they were bringing their clothes in there, and I was the one ironing. Why? Because my mama taught me how. Yeah, my mom taught me how to do that. That and many, many things. And lastly, an excellent wife and mother has empowerment from the Lord. Look at verse 29. Many women have done excellent, excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. We see high praise given to the wife and the mother here, don't we? This charm and beauty. We know 
women, girls who maybe they're easy to look at, but many a man have been duped by that. Charm and beauty aren't terrible. They're good things. I, I think, why would you marry someone you're not attracted to? But, boy, if that's all you got, there has to be some substance there, doesn't it? Young man should first seek a woman who fears the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The good wife described here in these verses are, I think, that have all these virtues. They're diligent. This woman is, has a keen sense for business, is compassionate, prepared for the future, is a good teacher, dedicated to her family. But I think the, the thing that makes all of this work, all of this possible, is she fears the Lord. It's been said, if God appoints you to be a mother, you have to stoop to be a king. There's something about mothers and their role in our lives. Their influence is great. And many of us are thankful today for our mothers. For some of you, that's a bittersweet day, I understand, because maybe your relationship with your mother wasn't or isn't all of that good. I want to read for you real quickly. Something about Susanna Wesley. She's the mother of Charles and John Wesley. She had 17 children, and she prayed one hour each day just for her kids. She had time set aside. This, she prayed for her children, and she spent time one hour each week discussing spiritual matters with them individually. And she had 17. Her children, no doubt, called her blessed. And this is why. She had a, a few rules she used when raising her children. Let me read these real quickly. Eating between meals was not allowed. Number two, all children are to be in bed by 8 p.m. They're required to take medicine without complaining. Number four, subdue self-will in a child and those working together with God to save the child's soul. Teach a child to pray as soon as he or she can speak. Require all to be still during family worship. Give them nothing they cry for and only that when asked for politely. Prevent lying, punish no fault, which is first confessed and repented of. Never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. 17 kids, that was a lot of whooping going on in that house, wasn't it? <laughs> Never punish a child twice for a single offense. Comment and reward good behavior. Any attempt to please, even if poorly performed, should be commended. Preserve property rights, even in smallest matters. Strictly observe all promises. Require no daughter to work before she can read well. You got to remember the times that they were that, that she reared her children. And lastly, teach children to fear the rod. No doubt she was a, a blessed mother and a few of her rules in her household. And we have rules, and many of you have rules in your household that you are seeking to implement and enforce. 
So what do we do by way of application here today? I think, firstly, is we help our boys to be discerning when choosing a lifelong mate. Kids, let me tell you something. Young boys, young girls, high school, college age, don't, don't mess up your family Christmases, okay? Don't mess up Thanksgiving. Don't marry somebody that your family, none of your family likes or approves of. Why would you do that? I was talking about that with a, a man in our church this morning about a, an, an in-law that they have that, man, just makes life difficult. It puts a sour note on holidays because you've got to be around them. Number two, I think for, for women, be diligent and hardworking. For men, be diligent and hardworking, right? We're to be industrious. We're to get things done. We're to be hardworking and not be lazy. Number three, this is an example of the type of wife and mother that you should be. This is the standard, right? It's not qualifications, but it's a standard that we shoot for. And maybe today as we've studied and read and you hear these things, maybe you think, well, I haven't been a good a wife and mother as I should be. Again, our lives aren't static, right? We grow. And so what do we maybe um, need to do? Maybe there's a, a time you need to repent. You confess and repent today and, and draw near to God and ask for grace to obey More to be more like him and to be faithful in your duties as a wife and your duties as a mother. Maybe you've been lazy or wasteful or nagging or irritable with your children and maybe you've done things to make your family look bad in the eyes of others. Maybe you need to apologize to your family today and start afresh asking God for grace to obey and be faithful from this point on. And the standard's pretty lofty, isn't it? I mean, who can attain that? Who can be her, the Proverbs 31 woman? And that's not even the standard it takes to have a relationship with the Lord, is it? I mean, the standard to be an excellent wife is here, but to, to have a relationship with the Lord, the standard is much higher that no one could attain. And maybe you're here, maybe you're a, a wife and a mom, and you realize as we read through this, that, man, I'm none of those things. I'm none of those things. I don't do any of those things. I do it all wrong. Well, maybe, maybe that's because you've never repented and trusted Christ. Maybe today you're lost and you're separated from the Lord. And because of your sin and your rebellion towards the Lord and his standards for our life, you're separated from him and you don't have the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you be a godly wife and mother. Maybe today you need to repent and trust Christ's work on the cross as your own. Jesus came. He took on flesh and he lived among us perfectly like we should. And he died a, a death that we need, needed to die and should die. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. The Bible says so we could be justified, so we could be made right with God. 
And the Bible says if we repent, if we turn from our sin and confess our sin and, and we trust Christ's work on the cross as our own, we'll be forgiven and we can have a restored relationship with him. And he'll empower us with the Holy Spirit. He'll give us himself to indwell us and empower us to, to obey him. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to repent. I want to encourage you to do so. If you have questions about that, I'll be the last person to leave today. I'd love to talk to you about that as among many others here. Would love to discuss that with you. Maybe you're a, a, a young person. Maybe you're a, a child and you recognize today you've never repented and trusted Christ. And if you die today, you don't know that you'd be with the Lord in glory. I want to encourage you to repent and trust Christ. Ask one of us older folks about that. And maybe for us men and husbands, maybe by way of application today, we, we need to think about being more selfless and more diligent. Maybe today we need to think about are we doing our part in helping our wives be that woman that they are called to be. Yesterday I, I saw a a brother in Christ, a dear brother I haven't seen in a long time, and, and we spent some time catching up and was talking about his church and what the Lord had been teaching him. And he said kind of with a disappointed look, he says, you know, my wife, she doesn't go to church with me anymore. And I said, really? How long has that been? And he told me, and I said, I said wow. I said, I'll be praying for her and for you as well. And he says, you know, he says, it's my fault. I believe it's my fault. He said, I don't think I've been the leader in my home that I should be. And I said, brother, won't you repent and start tonight being the, a better leader, a better discipler, a better servant in your home. Maybe that's you. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we acknowledge that you give us your word for our edification, for our encouragement. Father, also for our conviction. And Father, if there's anyone here who's yet to turn from their life of sin, if there's anyone here who's yet to trust you, if there's anyone here who's yet to follow Christ, I pray that you would open up their spiritual eyes and ears that's here then see the truth of the gospel. They would see their sin and they would see how wonderful you are, and they would see their need for a Savior. And I pray that you would grant faith and repentance even today. Father, for some moms, they need to be encouraged and empowered, and they've struggled in this area of being a, a faithful wife, a faithful mother. I pray that you would give them the grace they need to obey you even today as we celebrate Mother's Day. And, and I pray for us as family and support that today we would love them and honor them. And Lord, if there's any, anything that needs to be taken care of, any reconciliation that needs to take place, any I'm sorry's or, or babe, I'm, I'm, I'm not being what you need me to be, I pray that you would allow us to be faithful in that area and obey you. For us men, Father, may you give us help to lead as we should, to be the leaders in our home, to love our wives as Christ loved the church to be the one to lead in, in saying I'm sorry and being the one to lead in saying let's pray. Father, I pray for those in our congregation who just struggle 
in their marriage relationship, whether it's a trust issue or whatever, I pray that you would be gracious today. Help each of us obey the scriptures. Help us love like you want us to love and serve like you want us to serve. And Father, for the visitors here today, there's some that are visiting for the first time. We just pray for grace and blessings on their life. As we leave, may they leave rejoicing because they've sang truth and heard truth. Father, for all the events and all the, the studies and all the things that will be going on this week that our church is involved with, may you bless it. May you direct our steps and may you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, you're...